The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and this is our Week 9 Recap Show. Oh, yeah. Myself, Ryan Wilson, John Breach here to break down a wild Week 1 in the NFL season. Wild Week 9 in the NFL season. If you have a, if you have a question you want to leave us, we're going to do a mailbag, mid-season mailbag at some point. If you have a question for us, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. We will answer any question that you have, including who's the best team in the NFL? Cause I don't think anybody really knows. Everybody's probably still taking the Chiefs, but man, some developments on Sunday make you rethink it all. What's up, fellas? Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Breach. I, I, I just wanted to out on hey, Ryan. On Halloween, like, we hung out with some of our friends who I meant to, I forgot to mention this last week, but uh, right. they were dressed as uh, Brittany and uh, K Fed. What? Oh, gosh. And they stole Brit- my costume. That's my costume every year. They only what, is, wore- uh, what does K Fed look like? K Fed, you just wear jorts and one of those white well, the, tank the tops. I had on like jeans and a jean jacket and a jean like fedora. Oh, that's pretty strong. Fedora, yeah. Could he dance? No. You don't have to dance if you're K-Fed. You just get the $5 million a year from Brittany and alimony and child support. I love that Breach knows more about K-Fed than K-Fed does. <laughs> I know more about K-Fed than I knew about week nine of the NFL season. This was total craziness. Uh, well, it's fitting that the Bengals were on by, so you studied K-Fed all week. That's true. Saints, Saints, or the Bucks might as well have been on by because they didn't show up against the Saints on Sunday night at home getting destroyed. In one of the most dominant games ever. I mean, ever? Not ever, but I mean, it was a, it was a ass whooping. I don't remember anything like this. They lost 38 to three to the Saints. Obviously the Saints plus three won the under 51 hit. Drew Brees with bananas, uh, 30 points in fantasy and Tom Brady looked absolutely awful. He went the opposite of bananas. Yeah. He What's went- the opposite of banana? Pork. Nope. Banana bab. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Bruce Arian said afterwards, give New Orleans credit. They kick our ass in every yeah, it, phase. Tom Brady has thrown three interceptions a game for the first time since a 34-31 loss at Buffalo in week three of 2011. 
and that snaps a streak of 145 consecutive games with 10 pass attempts and fewer than three interceptions. The longest such streak by any any player since 1950, according to NFL research. Uh, our buddy and friend of the program, Aaron Schatz, who I'm know. struggling to find the tweet on uh, about, but he pointed out that New Orleans has a gets 142.7% increase in DVOA for this game. Uh, he would have to go back a long time to find a game that was that strong. New Orleans is now number one in DVOA. Tampa drops 109.7 in DVOA for the loss. Or it gets 109.7 negative points for the loss. So wow. that Tampa was the best team in football, according to Football Outsiders coming in. They probably fall to like fourth or fifth. I'll say this, like the advanced metrics, including football outsiders, loves Tampa Bay's defense. They were number one coming in. I'm starting to think this is a bad matchup. Like sometimes teams are really good and they can't play a certain team. I don't think the Buccaneers, no, can figure out the Saints. Week one, we saw it happen and we were all like, okay, maybe Tom Brady's just not warmed up yet. Tom Brady's had plenty of time to get warm up, warmed up and he's, he's sort of flashed, uh, what we've seen from Tom Brady historically. We did not see that on Sunday night. Um, the defense got exposed and we're not talking about they just, <clears throat> had a bad night and, and did things that were uncharacteristic. We've seen them blow coverages in recent weeks. They did it again on that first touchdown. For some reason, Todd Bowles kept playing like zone, the soft zone against Drew, Drew Brees. If Drew Brees wants to see anything, it's a soft zone. If you don't get up on those receiver's faces and disrupt their, their routes, especially with Michael Thomas coming back and Emmanuel Sanders is back, it's over, and it was over early. They didn't make any adjustments. On the other side of the ball, Bruce Arians didn't make any adjustments for Byron Leftwich. Tom Brady took a ton of hits. He's been sacked now six times in the two matchups between these two teams. The other seven games, he's been sacked seven times combined. And my big question, and teams get blown out. It happens. It doesn't necessarily mean the season's over. Like I said, I think it's a bad matchup. But my big question is why in God's green earth, why on God's green earth, would Tom Brady be in there in the fourth quarter just taking hit after hit after hit? Because if he gets injured, Blaine Gabbert, the season's over. I mean, that's the reality of it. And then Bruce Arians being, being a jerk about it because people are asking why, why'd you have Tom Brady out there? And they, well, we're trying to win the game. No, you're not. It was 35 to nothing. Yeah, you're not because you kicked a field goal. Exactly. To avoid, or the- maybe you put Blaine Gabbard in because he couldn't possibly be any worse right. than Tom Brady was. It was insane. Uh, Brady finished 22 of 38 for 209 yards, no touchdowns and three interceptions. I don't remember ever seeing Tom Brady play a worse game. He's thrown four interceptions. I think he, Breach probably knows the stat. I think it was against the Dolphins or something in 2011. I can't remember the stat. So that he's, he's had worse evenings, um, or outings. I'll say this before Breach says something smart. Um, the Buccaneers rushed the ball five times, which is an all time low historically. And one of those rushes came on a kneel down at the end by Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that, that NFL record, like Ryan said, for fewest rushing attempts. In a game, the interesting thing is that the previous NFL record was six times, and Tom Brady was actually involved in that game back in 2004. Uh, so a little fascinating that he's against the Steelers. Been part, yep, against the Steelers. Ryan remembers that, and the Patriots lost that game. And it was weird that the Buccaneers didn't try to run the ball. Sure, you're not running the ball in the third quarter when you're down 31 to nothing, but 
You have the ball. The Saints fumbled on their second possession. It's seven nothing. You know, why are you slinging it this entire time? You have a 43 year old quarterback. Are you trying to prove that you can throw the ball because you have three guys who've been pro bowlers over the past few years? Even though Antonio Brown's playing for the first time in a year, Chris Godwin is playing with like one finger and Mike Evans is barely healthy. I mean, he, he was healthy in this game, but he's had trouble staying healthy. So I know you have all these weapons, but you know, run the ball a little bit. They had, it seemed like their game plan was to try and not run the ball. And and it just, it didn't make any sense. And Ryan, I think you hit the nail on the head with this being a bad matchup for Tampa Bay. Look, if you're the Buccaneers, you look at your schedule, you say we're six and one against everyone else. We're zero and two against the saints. Let's just cross our fingers and pray to God that we don't meet the saints in the playoffs. Because as long as we don't, I think we have a, a, a still have a pretty clear road to the super bowl. Uh, but I don't think if, if these two teams play 10 times, I don't think the Buccaneers would win a single game. That's how dominating the Saints were in both games, not just tonight, but also in week one. I mean, surely it would one. Did you see zero. them play on Sunday night? It was 38 to nothing. And they, as you pointed out, they kicked a field goal to save face, which is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. A 48 yard field goal. Who cares? Unless you love field goals. And real quick, Unless first time in Tom Brady's career that he has ever been swept by a divisional opponent. NFL record 19 years without getting swept, and the Saints did it in one year, his first year in the NFC South. So the Bucks are now uh, plus 375 to win the conference, which is actually not that uh, – that's about the same as it was coming into the game. But they're now plus 170 to win the division. They were minus 125 or 130 or something like that, I think, coming in. The Saints are minus 230 now. So hope you didn't listen to me and bet on the Bucks. Glad glad I didn't bet on the Bucks. By the way, we were talking about this before the game. Um smash the over and three and a half targets uh catches for Antonio Brown. He had three, two at halftime. He was a non factor, ran a terrible route that it ended to one of the interceptions. Yeah. Uh, how do you think Tom um Antonio Brown got home after the game? <laughs> not, not not from Tom Brady. I mean, Mike Evans got dominated by Marshawn Lattimore. Mar- d- dominated, absolutely. Chris Godwin had a busted up hand and probably didn't need to be out there. It's seven fingers. I and Antonio Brown clearly wasn't, you know, ready to be back and playing football. Now, having well, one stuck, more thing before you finish, Gronk did not look great either. Yeah. No, he did not, which we didn't mention. We didn't even mention last week that Gronk was like coming for you after all your trash talk about Gronk. I know. I was, I was, I was actually the word and then I, they played the Saints. Having said all that, I mean, I don't know how you can put the blame on anybody but Tom Brady. Like, um, what about Byron Leftwich? Okay, Byron, yeah, sure, that's fine. Or Bruce Arians. And Todd Bowles, because the defensive game plan sucked too. Yeah, the, the coaching was really bad for the Buccaneers and Brady was awful. I mean, but his ball placement, even on like there's a like there's a crossing route to Chris Goblin on a third and six, where, you know, I mean, look, you know, the guy's hands are busted up and he like threw it behind him a little bit so he couldn't get or no, it was too far out to, for so he could get it. And then like the, the would be touchdown pass to Gronk, where Ooh. Gronk needs to get that. Yeah. But like Tom Brady's a, the way Tom Brady's been playing, if he's going to be an MVP caliber guy, you have to put that in Gronk's belly. So he's not. Or the interception where he threw the ball 40 yards in the air. It came down 20 yards past the line of scrimmage and it was a punt. It was one of the worst. We talked last week. I don't remember which interception it was. We said it was the worst one we've seen. This one was one of the worst interceptions I've seen. Yeah. Dennis Allen did a great job. They called a great game. They got pressure on him. I will say the other thing too. Ali Marpet might be a big deal. He might be a big deal. And on the other side, Marcus Davenport was back which helps Cam Jordan not have to worry about, because he saw a lot of one-on-ones with Chris, Tristan Wirfs and one of those ones. Which is just not a good idea. That's also, again, it goes back to game planning. What, what are you thinking? 
Like, why? Like, Worst has been awesome all year, but you can't leave him on island against Cam Jordan. It's not going to play the game. He smacked Tom Brady in the face, didn't get called, but that sort of set the tone for the rest of the night. It did. Um, were we too quick to bury the Saints? I apologize to Drew Brees. I've been dunking on him forever. He looks awesome. I think you need to apologize to him on Twitter, not just on this podcast, because I don't think Drew Brees listens to this podcast. <laughs> I want you to tweet him. Okay, that's fair enough. Because I said, you know, he throws the ball two yards past the line of scrimmage and he's, he's washed. He's not. Because clearly teams are going to play zone against him for some reason. And that's, like I said, Mike Thomas is back. Manny Sanders is back. Uh, Jared Cook has had opportunities to shine. Taysom Hill, suddenly a wide receiver that you have to worry about. Um, Josh Hill caught a touchdown pass. I think he was the one on the wide open touchdown pass where Levante David didn't, was trying to signal someone on the defense. They snapped the ball. Levante David forgot where he was. The easiest throw of the game. So yeah, no big deal. Levante David forgot where he was for half the game. I mean, the whole Buccaneers defense looked lost and Taysom Hill. I feel like this was, uh, Sean Payton's, I told you so. Like speaking of tweeting at people, Sean Payton's going to tweet at Brinson and be like, yo, bro, I told you so. I told you Taysom Hill could be a weapon. Cause we all, I mean, everyone I already does apologize. it. I already apologize for it. I, yeah, but I, we all, we all do it with saying, you know, why are you putting Taysom Hill out yeah. there over Drew Brees? But this was really, this was a great example. This is the game that Sean Payton's going to keep pointing to. That's why I keep doing it because he's a force. He's a weapon. Uh, you know, we finally saw him throw a pass and he threw two of them for 48 yards and, and the Buccaneers had no idea it was coming because they thought he was going to run the ball anytime he was out in the field. All of a sudden you have receivers running wide open. You know, and, and no matter how you feel about Taysom Hill as a quarterback, he can hit wide open receivers. But Tom Brady was the fourth best quarterback on the field. I'm going to say Jameis Winston was better. I mean, it was insane. Completed a pass. A to W. A to W. interceptions. Didn't throw any picks. Threw it to, uh, threw it to, threw it to a Saints player on, in, in Raymond James Stadium just for old time's sake. Nice. The, so the Saints are now six and two. The Bucks are six and three. I, I would suggest that the division race is not quite as wide as the odds make it. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, it's not like the Bucks are like four games back. Yeah, but the, the, the Saints have the tiebreaker. Yes, clearly. It's a two game head to head sweep. Yeah. So that's why I'm less yeah. concerned about. Well, all right. So the Saints schedule coming up. They have the 49ers at home. That's good timing. The Falcons at home at the Broncos at the Falcons. Eagles on the road and Chiefs, Chiefs at home, Vikings at home at the Panthers. I mean, that's seven wins right there, isn't it? Six or seven wins. It feels like they're going to win 13 games. Yeah. I feel like they're going to lose one of the Falcons. Falcons always split with the Saints somehow. Even last year when the Falcons were horrible, they managed and the Saints were good. They, they somehow managed to split. So even 12 and four wins that division. I feel like. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think because I think the Buccaneers have a, a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. The Buccaneers have the Panthers next week. RIP, RIP Panthers. The Bucs are going to roll them by like 40 points. Um, Rams, Chiefs, Vikings, Falcons twice, and the Lions. That's a much more difficult schedule. Yeah, so I think 12-4 sounds about right. The Saints um, need to – if you lose to the Chiefs, not the end of the world. No. And lose one of the Vikings. I mean, the, the Falcons will take care of the rest of them. Or even lose to the Eagles. I know you want to give Debo his, his credit, but no, maybe. The Eagles no. are terrible. Thanks for winning that division. All right. Bills and Seahawks. By the way, uh, just real quick. I mean, like, are, who is the best? I mean, the Chiefs are the best team in football, right? 
Yeah. Yes. Who's the second best team in football? Yeah. I mean, it changes. Uh, you mentioned Aaron Schatz, our buddy Football Outsiders. He also mentioned that every team, there are no good teams this year. Like a lot of sort of above average teams, but it's sort of Steelers hard. Steelers are undefeated, but do you really want to call them the second best team in football? I mean, I will say this, and you know, I, I annually write the story about when they lose to terrible teams. And I, I just looked up that stat. We can talk about that a little bit. At least they're beating terrible teams. So that's a slight advantage, but I don't feel great about the way they play. All right, well, we'll get that in a minute. Let's hear the Seahawks and the Bills. I think both of those teams have a claim, at least, to be the second-best team in football. But given the way their defense is played, probably not. 44-34, to 34, the Bills beat the Seahawks. Josh Allen looked like the Josh Allen the first four weeks of the season. Went 31-38 for 415 yards, three touchdowns. Stephon Diggs over 100 yards on 12 targets and nine catches. John Brown, 99 yards, eight catches and 11 targets. Gabe Davis caught a touchdown. Tyler Croft caught a touchdown. Allen ran one in. Zach Moss ran one in. And Russell Wilson, I think with his performance, two interceptions and a fumble, 28 of 41 for 390 and two touchdowns too. But he wasn't awful. But I think he opened up the MVP race. It's not, it's not anywhere near the odds that it was before. And if you look at William Hill, Russ is now plus 130. Mahomes two to one. Rogers three to one and Josh Allen moved to the four spot at 18 to one. I still think Russ is probably the favorite. I mean, he is the favorite, obviously, but like I would still predict that Russ wins. But... I, I mean, I thought he cracked the door open against the Cardinals when he threw three interceptions. Now sure. I think the door has just been kicked open and it's completely up for grabs. I, I wouldn't even say Wilson is the favorite. If I had to vote right this second based on how Russell Wilson has played, uh, in two of the past three weeks, obviously the two interceptions against Buffalo and the three picks against the Cardinals and, and both losses, both big games. I'd probably vote for Patrick Mahomes, um, and not Russell Wilson, but we're not talking about Patrick Mahomes. You could also vote for Josh Allen. I mean, he was the reason they won this game today. We all knew the Seahawks defense was bad, but there is no, you have no idea which Josh Allen is going to show up. Is it going to be 2018 Josh Allen who's airmailing his receivers? Uh, throwing it 10 yards over the head, completing 52% of his passes. Because that Josh Allen had started to creep into existence over the past few weeks. But no, Josh Allen that we saw from the first few weeks showed up, and uh, the Seahawks could not do anything to stop him. You know, we saw 415 yards and three touchdowns. There's only been three perform three games this season where a quarterback threw 400 or more yards, three touchdown passes or more, and zero interceptions. And Josh Allen has two of them. Patrick Mahomes has the other one. Every other quarterback in the NFL had zero. So I just, I was just very, very impressed with how well Josh Allen played, considering his offensive line got banged up. He got sacked seven times, and he still wasn't missing. He didn't get rattled at all. He just tortured the Seahawks, and, I mean, the Bills look good. No, I'm with Breach, and I'm with Breach also on on Pat Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, I don't want to yell that. Yeah. I mean, he Patrick Mahomes, will talk about this in a second, nine touchdowns the last two games. 25 to one touchdown interception ratio. Um, Russell Wilson can't do it all. I mean, he is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, but he cannot do it all. And if the defense no shows, which they did again, even though Jamal Adams was back after not playing for a long time, even though Carlos Dunlap was on the field for a little bit after the trade, you couldn't tell because they got torched up and down the field again. And you know, this is Breach's big thing. They had to travel to the West Coast. The Seattle is the farthest place in, in North America and uh, in United States when it comes to travel when it comes to the East Coast, and, and I'm sure that's part of it. But, I mean, look, they may have to travel this way in, in the playoffs, so it's it's not an excuse. And 
Russ just can't do it all. And he had an interception. I think it was in the first quarter, threw it in the end zone. It was on fourth down to win for it. Um, so at the end of the day, he had to do something. But the interception in the end zone are never great. And Their, uh, their defense was, is terrible. He was outplayed by Josh Allen, whose defense is also terrible in Buffalo, but they were less terrible than Seattle. I, I sort of wonder, can the Bills' defense get good again? Because, like, we see, we're seeing it with the Saints, like, kind of come, you know, we saw that, like, kind of coming think, together. Uh, Seahawks defense get better because Jamal Adams is back. Mm. What makes the Bills defense, what was, why would they get better? Like, I don't know who I could turn to. Like, Trey White played well, but again, they gave up 34 points, every points they gave up. Yeah. Uh, a it's lot funny. Of it was garbage time, though. Well, it's funny you guys mentioned the Bills defense because you know who iced the game? My boy, AJ Klein, <laughs> uh, Mr. Ryan Wilson making fun of me all year about the Bills defense not being better because it wasn't such a good free agent addition. He strip sacks Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter in a two touchdown game. If the Seahawks go down and score on that drive, all of a sudden it's 41 34. The Bills would have been choking because, uh, the Seahawks making this comeback, but it didn't happen because AJ Klein with the strip sack that set up a field goal that put up the Bills 44 27. At that point, it was over. Our boy, my boy, my personal boy, AJ Klein, two sacks. Four QB hits, a tackle for a loss, forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Ryan, you owe AJ Klein and kind of me an apology. Andrew Breeze, so two, uh, one Saint, one former Saint, and you. <laughs> Got the list. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was 41 20 when Josh Allen ran in for a score. Mm-hmm. And that was in the, but like, it was 27 20 at the end of the third quarter. I mean, it was, it was a, the Seahawks were playing bad and it was still a close game. And, and, and that was after the Bills had already sort of blown a 27-10 to lead, 27 to 10 lead. Like they were up 24-10 at halftime. Well, that's Russ Wilson, right? Yeah. And I mean, you can't do it all as you have to take away. So well, I, and that I, was I, the huge, I mean, you said the Seahawks played bad. So the Bills were up 41-27. They got the ball after the, the long touchdown pass by Russell Wilson. The Bills go three and out. They had a fourth and one. And I'm sure people in Buffalo are like, please go for it. We don't r- want Russell Wilson back on the field. But, but then they punted anyway and they punted it back and the Seahawks got the ball. And if they had scored, you know, there's like eight minutes left in the game. You score in two minutes. You're only down one touchdown with six minutes left. That's a very winnable game. Uh, but none of that happened because of AJ Klein. It, it did. I mean, it did feel like Russell dug them all. That's the thing. They don't have, you can like let Russ cook is great, but if like, if you don't have a defense and you don't really have a running game and they need Chris Carson, I think Chris Carson is a really good player. DJ Dallas is, is fine, but they need Carson. If, if all you have is like a high octane passing game with Russell Wilson, he's not operating at maximum efficiency. You're not gonna, you're not gonna win every game. Like that's just not how it's gonna. He he can't play the way he played in the first four weeks. Which just like why. Josh Allen, he or the first five weeks. Now he's now having, you know, a bit of a like a, you know, just a an evening out process here. Which is why Tom Brady's in a great situation with that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Yes, they got steamrolled on Sunday night, but you know that defense can help you out uh, when you are not clicking offensively. And as you point out, Russ doesn't have that. Yeah. Um, Russ is sitting in the kitchen cooking, and the rest of it, the rest of the house is burning down. That's what's happening with Seattle. <laughs> pretty good. Do you think that the Bills are a lock to win yes. their division? Yes, I agree. Like they're now, we can get to the the other team that might be interesting there. But yeah. Seven and two feels pretty. They're four and zero oh in the division now. And this is a huge win. Like, you know, we've talked about them having big games and they should have lost. If you told me they lost that Patriots game last week, the way they were going down there before the, the strip 
for the fumble by Cam Newton, I'd be like, all right, that's three losses in a row. This is not looking great for them. Yeah. So this is a good bounce back game for them. I mean, they bounce, they bounce back from two bad losses and Josh Allen playing poorly to beat the Patriots and beat the Seahawks. And I know that the Patriots aren't a good team, but it's the They Patriots. almost beat them. The Patriots should have won that game on that last drive. And they've had a stranglehold in the division for 20 years. Like that was the that game in a lot. And then the Seahawks might have a bad defense, but the Seahawks are look like an upper echelon team in the NFL. Yeah. So, yeah, huge win for the Bills. They are going a game and a half clear of Miami for first place. Right. Their strength of schedule in terms of their wins is very impressive. Like, they're only plus nine overall. How is that pop? The point differential is plus nine. That's what happens when you get rolled 42 to 16 by the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that game's weird. In Nashville on a Tuesday. But let's not count Tuesday games because that is really weird. Right. I don't think, uh, I don't think you can division, hold that loss right. against them. They're minus 900 to win the division. All right. Well, I think the Dolphins would be an interesting value, though. And those two teams play in week 17. That, that, the, the division could be on the line in that game. The Dolphins, you say? Yeah, Dolphins, Bills, week 17. That was a segue for Brinson. Oh. <laughs> Did you know that Josh Allen now has the most 400 yard passing games in Bill's history? I saw that on the sheet. You know who's, who is behind him? See if Breach can guess who's behind him. Who's number two on the list, Breach? Well, tied for first, actually, I guess. Okay, tied for first. Well, my natural guess, you guys know what it's going to be, and I already know it's wrong because of the way I'm being looked at right now. So it's not not Jim Kelly. Yeah, if you wouldn't ask the question, it was Jim Kelly. How do you only have one 400 yard passing game? That's why. Yeah, Thurman Thomas. I can't even think of, uh, Another Bills quarterback who would throw for 400 yards. That's he, how bad Bills quarterbacks have been. He played in the late 90s, I think he got traded there. Late 90s, early aughts. He owns a winery. I once saw him at an airport and his at the luggage claim, and it was literally a trash bag duct taped together. That's he not didn't speak bad. to Tom Brady for many years. His name rhymes with Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. There it is. You got it. <laughs> well, Earl, well um, he didn't even play for the Bills in the 90s. That threw me off. Late 90s, early aughts. He got traded. Yeah, he got traded in 2001 after he lost his job to Tom Brady in <laughs> yeah, New England. Yeah. Oh, early aughts. I was right about the early aughts part. Yeah, but you also threw the 90s in there. That's Clearly, it wasn't the 90s. That was friggin' Jim Kelly. <laughs> Late 90s, 99. Okay. Uh, that, 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 that's not, that's not accurate. Ryan, that was a bad hint and it confused me. No, you're right. It's not, I was not wrong, but Jim Kelly wasn't playing in 1999 was what I was alluding to. With that's true. Wilbur there. Fair. Who was, was it Flutie in, in, uh, 99? Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie, maybe. Yeah. Cause that's when Wade Phillips benched Rob. Uh, yeah. Flutie and, uh, Flutie and Rob Johnson in 99. Flutie, Rob Johnson, a playoff game they lost. Yeah. After Kelly left, it was Todd Collins, Alex Van Pelt, Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson. Uh, that group of guys took them all the way to 2002 until it was Bledsoe for three years. Are the Seahawks going to win the NFC yeah. West? Yes. Maybe. I'm not feeling the same way. All right. Well, wh- who are we talking about next? Cause I would like to talk about one of the two teams. Well, let's talk about the Dolphins first before we get there. The Dolphins beat the Cardinals. Ooh. AFC East beating up on the NFC West. Devo, look at Devo putting these in order on the rundown. Like it's just such a genius. 34 to 31. Dolphins beat the Cardinals. The Dolphins obviously covered the plus six. The over 49 hit. Whoops. By me. The top fantasy performers were Kyler Murray, who went absolutely ape. 43 total points to a tug of my low, 24 points. Christian Kirk, 18 points. I think the first question we have to ask is, really, Cliff Kingsbury? He attempted a 49-yard field goal trailing by three with a very convertible fourth and in inches, I believe, at uh 
was it fourth and one or four? No, it was fourth and one. Um, and Zane Gonzalez shorted it. And How I did think- that happen, by the way? Let's just stop for a second. Breach, how do you short a 49-yard field goal in Arizona? Uh, the only thing I can think of is that he was trying to aim it. You start, it's worth, you take a little bit off it because you're just trying to make sure it goes straight. It's kind of like when you're out trying to kick a 65 yard field goal, you kick it a little lower and hard. You're taking your home run swing. This is the opposite of that where you're just trying to chip it, chip it in. And I don't know how you fall short on 49 yards, but it did go right down the middle. So he got half <laughs> of his goal correct. Half uh, the but right. The non important half of his goal. It was straight. Well, here, they should have given him a 1.5 points and I still would have lost. Two are now two and O oh in his career. Look, Kings, I think Kingsbury should have gone for it. Yeah, it's funny because last year he was super conservative too. I'm like, oh, this isn't the wide open offense as we were expecting from you, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, you have so many options. Like you can go to Hopkins, even though he'd been bottled up. I think my or you can Martin. go to the leading rusher, some guy named Kyler Murray who had 106 rushing yards and 11 carries. Like, there's no way Kyler's not getting fourth in a, in a foot. Well, you know what's crazy is I actually think the only reason he didn't go for it is because on the possession before. They failed on a fourth and one, and I think he just, it was just like too soon. And you 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 have that nine feeling in there, and you felt burnt by it. And you're like, all right, no, we got to kick the field goal this time because if we don't get it, we're screwed. And I I honestly think that played into his thinking. What's the chances in just uh, anecdotally breach uh, making a forty nine yard field goal in those conditions? In in a dome in indoors and uh, probably like eighty percent. Eighty. It's pretty high. If not well, higher, if it's eighty percent, and I, I, fourth and one, and you're uncertain about it, maybe that's that might not be eighty percent. So in that case, I guess it's okay to go for eighty percent. Wow! But that's the tie of the game. If you get the first down, you control everything because you can run the clock down. You maybe get a touchdown to win. You don't have to go to overtime, or you kick a closer field goal. Let me ask you guys this: talking about Kyler Murray and him just going crazy today, especially as a runner. Although he did really well as a passer as well. Who's the best running quarterback in the NFL right now? Um, Kyler. I'll go with Russell Wilson still. Russell? I'm taking Lamar. They're not letting Lamar run. Yeah, but who is the best? Kyler is incredible to watch. He's not better than Lamar. I don't know where Breach got Russell Wilson from. That's a crazy answer. Kyler's like twitchier than Lamar. Yes, that's the, that is the craziest thing you've ever said. That's crazier than Garrett Bradbury. That's crazier than Trent Williams. That's crazier than the Steelers going, finishing last in the division. You put a poll, no one is saying that Kyler's twitchier than Lamar. Running the ball? Kyler's electric, man. Debo, who's twitchier, Lamar or Kyler? Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't know what Brinson's talking about. Twitchier? Kyler's twitchier. Lamar's more explosive, I guess. What's the difference in your mind between twitchier and explosive? Quick twitch. Like, Kyler can, like, stutter and, like, no, show me again with, like, you get, watch a YouTube channel. You can watch what twitchier versus explosive means to Brenton. So do, tw- do twitchier. Okay. What's explosive? <laughs> okay. You got me there. <laughs> All right. Sold. <laughs> uh, but, you know what I mean? Like, Lamar, like, doesn't do, like, I mean, I mean, I mean he, he does, Lamar's great. I mean, but, Kyler. He is not running. You're right. But I mean, if you wanted him to run, Kyler has this like little turbo button he presses and he yeah. just, just takes off. Um, yeah. I mean, like, look, Cliff Kingsbury got way too conservative. I mean, the story should really be, I guess, like, you know, how well did, um, you know, what do we think about Tua? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're better now about talking about both teams. It seems like in recent weeks. Uh, dude. So last week he only threw, he threw for fewer than a hundred yards because the defense and the special teams did a lot of heavy lifting. 
A uh, couple things that really stuck out to me in watching um, the series that I got to watch. The who's the offense coordinator? Brian Flores is the coach, obviously. I don't remember. Chan Gailey. Oh, Chan Gailey. So there was a play deep. He was in his end zone. He had to throw a laser, uh, like a little quick little slant, um, a quick out. I can't remember what it was, but it was a laser. Uh, I think to Preston Williams. And it was right on the money, a play that you typically wouldn't want your first-year quarterback to make with very little experience. And it was a fantastic throw. And there was also a play later in the game where he scrambled around. Because um, uh, I was – he hadn't done That's a lot of – yard run where you got, like, boxed in. You're like, oh, he's toast. And then all of a sudden – Exactly. He got pinball around there. And I wasn't – up to that point, um, our producer, Rob Arcerio, was talking about this. He says he hasn't run a lot, so you wonder how he is athletically. And that sort of answered that question. He actually took a big hit at the end of that. So a huge game for him. Huge. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I I was doing that Twitch show with Azer. I, I'm I end up missing most of the afternoon games when you do that. It's kind of, you get you get you get plenty of them, but you just can't watch it the same way you normally would. Uh, Tua finished twenty of twenty eight for two hundred forty eight yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, ran the ball seven times for thirty five yards. Was at one point their leading rusher, I believe. I was hoping you take over while I cough breach, but whatever. Oh, it was, well, it's weird watching Tua because I think la- last week against, uh, in that first game, we're all thinking, is he in any good? He, he didn't do anything at all, even though the Rams won. So it was definitely one of those where the jury was still out. And he came in this game. And as Ryan said, I feel like through the first half, it was that same feeling like the, the Dolphins got that early defensive touchdown. Uh, off the Kyler Murray fumble, and it was like, oh my gosh, here we go again. The Dolphins' defense and their special teams have scored three times. Tua's not going to have to do anything. They're going to win the game. We're not going to know if Tua's any good. But I really thought in the second half that Tua really, really impressed me. And and now, you know, Brian Flores looks like a genius for making the decision, yes. the bold decision, to put Tua in there. And Brian Flores also looks like a genius because he looks like he's building a defense that Belichick had in New England. Every Everyone from Belichick's coaching tree has been trying to do that, and they just fail and fall flat on their face. And Flores looks like he's actually getting it done. So, better chance of winning the their respective divisions: the Dolphins or the the Cardinals. Mm. I actually might lean towards the Dolphins. I trust them more. Well, I think that you would take the Dolphins probably because less competition. They, yeah, like See, the, the, Dolphins, Rams, the Rams are the Rams might be the favorite. I mean. What? The Rams are going to be in first place if they beat the Seahawks in week 10. We just talked about how terrible Jared Goff is. Man, he plays well against the Seahawks, and if they beat him on week 10, the Rams are in first place. All right. Just, I mean, just... you you have a 6-2 and two team, a 5-3 and three team, a 5-3 and three team, and a 4-5 and five team. Yeah, but the 4-5 and five team is out of it just because they, they don't have anyone left. More than likely, but they're at least going to be a pain in the ass for everybody else trying to win. Like I can't trust the Cardinals, and that's not – I don't mean in a bad way. They were a 5 win team last year. I think they're still a year away, and Kyler's playing well, and that's all great, but I, I still think they have some – I mean, they should have lost to the Seahawks. They lost to the Lions. I mean, you know, come on. They lost to the Panthers. Yeah, I'd take the Dolphins. So would you take the Rams over the Dolphins then? I'm not the Rams. I'm not buying. I just can't get it behind Jared Goff because one day he's fine. And I know Breach pointed out that he plays well against the Seahawks, but good lord, the other games are hard to watch. So also the well, let's see. So the Dolphins have the Chargers at home, Broncos on the road, Jets on the road, Bengals at home, Chiefs at home, Pats at home, at the Raiders, and at the Bills. That's pretty easy. I mean, they're going to lose to the Bengals, of course, but otherwise it's... Yeah, that's a great stretch for Tua down there. That's a great... I mean, that's a pretty friendly schedule. Yeah. The, I, I, I mean, you, they're going to be favored in what? 
every game except for the Chiefs and maybe the Bills game? Yeah. Wow, that's insane to say. Uh, eight games and we favored in six. That's crazy. That is crazy. Oh my god! All right, the Dolphins look like they're good. (laughs) All aboard. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll tell you how Ravens Colts will affect the AFC moving forward. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. So, the Ravens caught a bit of a break, Ryan, on Sunday afternoon. What did you think boy. What'd you say? What? My boy? I said they caught a bit of a break because of your boy, the way your boy played. Oh, Rivers. Rivers. Okay. What? I mean, he's Jonathan right. Taylor fumbled a ball, the Ravens housed it, and then the NFL officiating office gifted them the most ridiculous challenge I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Oh, that's funny because I thought that was a t- I thought that was an interception. What? Are, are you saying that to troll Brenton or are you serious? No, I, I, I saw it live and said, oh, that's clearly incomplete. And then Eric Casilius saw it live and said, I think that's an interception. I said, no way. But he took four and a half steps backwards with the ball in his hands. What are you talking about? That's exactly what happened. Marcus Peters. Stumbling backwards and the ball squirts out of his hands. He never establishes control. But if he had taken four steps forward with the ball in his hands and then fallen down and the ball came out, it'd still be an interception. Those aren't back. Why not? Where's where's the rule that says that? He's falling. Yeah, that's momentum. Like when you're forward, you're in control. He's walking backwards. He's what? It wasn't moonwalking. What? I thought the ball was moving the whole time just a little bit until he dropped it. Like it never felt like he had control of it. All right, you guys are crazy. So I'll, once again, I'll, I'll go to the voice of reason. And I'll, what, what do you think, Debo? Did you see that play? The Marcus yeah. Peters interception on Philip Rivers' terrible arm punt. I just like siding with you, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a tough one. Yeah. I would lean the other side. I, my initial thought was that it was clearly incomplete, but then after watching it. All right. So Brenton, you hated that. Go ahead. I don't, I don't mind your I mean, explanation, like, like the backward the steps. Like if that's a receiver. They're not ruling that a catch, but I'm, nowhere in the rule book says that you can't walk backwards and then it doesn't count as a catch. That, that's the only thing that I'm hung up on. You know what I'm saying? I, You've got to get possession to make a football move, and nowhere I, did Prince, any of that I'm just, happen. I'm just counting you talking about him bobbling. He wasn't bobbling the ball. The ball wasn't moving. He caught it and then took a couple steps backwards, four steps. I am what it was. Stunned. I mean, like, I mean, like he's like his butt hits the ground and the ball is in the air. Yeah, but once again, I mean, if you catch the ball running forward and take four steps and then fumble it between getting tackled and your butt hitting the ground, that's still a catch. I, I cannot believe this is happening. Okay. Apparently, well, I mean, Ryan was in the uh, review booth. With uh, we were drink, we were in the, no, we're in the review uh, whirlpool drinking <laughs> a pina colada, <laughs> not you, paying attention. You, you and Al remember on with yeah. the. Yeah. But everyone does the video, he's like, and as you can see, there's clear and obvious evidence. And like as he's saying that on the video, the ball's <laughs> flying out wildly onto the field. To like, your bigger point though, the Jonathan Taylor thing is unacceptable because you know that's what the Ravens do. You know that's what they do, and you're dorking around and the ball gets knocked out for every time. Look, Rivers had played well. He played well in the first half, I thought. They could be up they should have been up thirteen or seventeen to nothing. 
And absolutely. And at that point, the game is over. Because if you have the Ravens up 13 or 17 to nothing. Lamar looked like doo-doo in the first half. Yes. And the, Col- the Colts should have won that game. And they got hosed by the rest, and they made some bad mistakes. I don't yeah. know if they got hosed. I mean, j- don't fumble if you're Jonathan Taylor. That's don't fumble. Advice. That's yeah. good advice. Thank good you. advice. I cannot believe you're. I didn't lose any sleep over it. And look, I want the Ravens to lose that game to the Steelers homer. So I, it, for me to say that, if you told me it was incomplete, once I would never, I would never think to argue. But once I sort of watched it and said, oh, the guy took 400. I think my biggest issue was it wasn't it ruled incomplete on the field. I don't know. That I don't know. Yes. So oh, I can't believe they overturned it. They overturned yeah. it. Like that's Harbaugh what blew my mind. It, and then they overturned it. Like that never happens. No, that's true. Again, Riveron was in the Whirlpool drinking the pina colada. I and here's the thing is the fact that we are disagreeing on it right now. Like how can it be clear and obvious? Clear and obvious is the old, if you ask 10 people in a bar, do they all agree? Uh, 10 drunk people in a bar would not agree on this. All right, Bree, let me ask you. What, you, do you, okay. hear Rivers, you hear what Rivers said after that? That coming. <laughs> he said, no one has ever, no one has ever been around the game thought that was a pick. Somebody who's probably never caught a football in his life decides. That's as angry as you'll hear Philip Rivers. It really is. Who probably then made his Mina Kimes face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's also, he, he added, he said, it's gotten so jacked up how the catch rule is. <laughs> jacked up is a curse word for Philip Rivers in case you. No, yeah, it really is. No one who's been around football or watched football thought that was a catch, including the guy who caught it. But some guy who's probably never caught a football in his life gets to decide. I hope he gets <laughs> angry. Philip I Rivers. hope he gets fined like $25 for saying that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know how jacked up that is? That is jacked up. Phil Rivers' wife turned Remember when there's a jacked up segment on, uh, ESPN? You can't do it anymore. That's right. You can't. Crazy. Why not? Because people were getting hurt and you're sort of. He got uh, jacked up. It's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> and the thing is, we were like, oh yeah, that guy did get jacked up. Celebrating yeah. concussions. Yeah, just dancing the concussions. I mean, that was all it was. Just like guys, it's like Cole McCoy got jacked up. <laughs> right. You know, James Harrison's getting fined $200,000 for jacking him up like that. Yeah. Hey, Breach, is it clear and obvious to use your phrase that the Colts are the best team in that division? The Colts, I do not think, are the best. I'm in Nashville right now, Ryan. I think it's the Tennessee Titans. And you know what? The, the Colts and Titans play each other two times in the next three weeks, so that's going to settle that. I mean, even if I think it's the Titans, it doesn't matter because they are going to settle it on the field by Thanksgiving. Renson, defend your boy. Um, they've lost to the – who did they lose to? They lost Jaguars to- in week one. Jaguars in week one. That was embarrassing. The yeah, I, I sort of knew that was going to happen. But it was embarrassing. <laughs> Still embarrassing, yes. The Ravens, I don't know who the, who's the other loss breach. Cleveland. Cleveland oh, and the Ravens. Not a good loss. Eh, Cleveland's a physical run team. Weird weather. But this is supposed to be a great defense. And the defense actually did pretty well you early did on. Fine. Well, early, the first half, it was, it was, it was tail two halves, but I don't know. I just, it, this I mean, is, this to me doesn't feel like a, a, a long-term playoff team. The defense feels like it's been getting a little worse the past couple of weeks. They, they struggled against the Bengals three weeks ago. There it is. I, I mean, I'm just saying that they did. I think a lot of these defenses that are advanced metrics really good have struggled. Steelers, uh, the Colts, the, the Buccaneers on Sunday night. And I think it goes back to what Aaron Schott said that there are no really good teams. Yeah, there aren't any good teams. The Chiefs are good. Colts are fine. I mean, like, obviously you, Look at them right now and think that the Titans are the favorite to win the division, I think. But okay. You don't mean that? Yeah, I, I agree with that. They were favorite coming into this week. Get on the Titans train. 
Brenton, there's room. No, Breach, go to hell. Clay oh. Travis is driving it, man. He wants you to sit right next to him. Well, if it's anything like the last couple of projects, Clay's driving, it's going to end poorly. Big win for the Ravens because I thought they were going to drop two in a row after last week's uh, loss to the Steelers in heartbreaking fashion. So that's a big win for them on the road. Titans are now minus 200. Okay. Wow, the Steelers are minus 400 to win the NFC, AFC North. That's – you get the Ravens at 3-1 to one to win their division? I mean, the Ravens ain't out of it. I'll just say that. Yeah. The Pats are 25-1 to one to win the East. I mean, that's wasting money. I have to say it's crazy to see that on, on, on paper. Uh, the Chiefs took care of business. Business. Business against the Panthers barely, winning 33-31. to 31. Panthers 10 uh, plus 10 covered the over 51 and a half hit. Top fantasy performers were Patrick Mahomes with 38 points, Teddy Bridgewater with 31, Christian McCaffrey with 26, and Tyreek Hill 23. Christian McCaffrey returned from injury and he was awesome. He looked great. Well, he's pretty good. They said that he was going to rotate with Mike Davis. That didn't happen. Mm-mm. And CMC was just explosive. That's what the Giants screwed up last year with Saquon Barkley. They rushed him back from that high ankle sprain. He wasn't right. McCaffrey came back and looked fantastic. He won somebody a million dollars on DraftKings. Um, wow. By the way, the Panthers have lost four four straight now, and uh, they've not, they've not won a game this year with Christian McCaffrey playing. Hey, Breach, let's let's work backwards from the final play. What did you think about the sixty-seven yarder? How good did you feel about Sly trying to make that game winner? You know what? Here's your option: you throw a hail mary with Teddy Bridgewater. Can Teddy Bridgewater throw it sixty yards in the air? I'm not sure. And I think that look. Is a 67-yard field goal very, very low percentage? Yes. But I, I actually think the fact that he got so close against the Saints on that 65-yarder that missed by about eight inches, I think that's where Matt Rule said, you know what, send him out there, let's do it. And I, I do think they showed video of him hitting like a 65-yarder before the game that made it by about four yards, wow. and boom. And you know what, he did miss it, but he had – the length. It was long enough. It, it just went close. wide right. Like it just went outside the wide of the back of the end zone. You thought that would have, that would have cleared it? I think it would have cleared it. Well, and this is different than the Saints too, because the Saints, um, the Saints game, it was like fourth and 19, but there was a lot of time left. This was, there was fourth and 10 at Casey's 49. And so you either need Teddy Bridgewater to throw a Hail Mary. Or have Joey Sly make this. And if you've seen, if you've seen him come close, and he came really close in New Orleans, obviously, this is different because it's outside against Kansas City, but you've seen him make it in the pre, pregame. Like, I like that attempt rather than having Teddy, who I don't know how I feel about a Teddy Bridgewater Hail Mary from midfield. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is actually, I mean, on a lot of other teams. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, he's like, great. He's just not a deep, he's not like, right. He's captain check down, but I mean, on the Bears, he makes that team a much better team. Well, we're not. That's a different discussion. I'm just thinking about, yeah. Uh-huh. I think about if you were ranking starting quarterbacks, you wanted throwing a Hail Mary for you. Josh Mahomes, Josh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are one and two in some order. And then Teddy Bridgewater is probably like 18 or 19 at best. I think the crazy thing is that the, the Panthers actually had two downs to try and get closer and they just couldn't do it. And like, yeah. You have the Chiefs a little bit confused. I guess the Chiefs were co- kind of covering the sideline because Carolina couldn't throw it to the middle of the field because they didn't have any timeouts. And so all you need to do is if you get a five-yard out or even, you know, if the Chiefs come up and try and block that, then you run like a 10-yard out because there's nine seconds. You have time to run a 10- or 12-yard route, uh, and they just couldn't do it. They, they completed a pass to McCaffrey, and McCaffrey got out of bounds by like the skin of his teeth. 
Yeah. And then an incomplete pass on third down, and then they had to kick the field goal. But if they would have gotten like five yards, that would have given them a realistic shot at hitting a field goal. So their drive, like their last two drives were absolutely wild. Like Teddy had this crazy rushing play. Did you see the rushing play where we got that first down? I don't know. What happened? It's, it's on a four, it was like a fourth and, um, let's see, fourth and, Oh goodness, sorry. It's it was, where was it? It's fourth and how can I not find this? Mm-hmm. Oh that? no, no, no! Maybe it was on that final drive. Well, look, it was a it was a it was a fourth down and like Teddy was like pressured and he just takes off and there's like three Chiefs in between and there's like a five yard space between him and the first down marker and there's like three Chiefs in there and he just takes on this wild dive. And goes flying over top and like spins three times and like ping pongs off of, of like every Chiefs defender and somehow like falls forward and easily gets the first down. It was crazy. And then like Curtis Samuel made an insane catch and dude, it, it, it just, it, it didn't feel like a, like everything that was coming together was wild. And, um, they eventually got the touchdown, but it just felt like they were living on borrowed, like, Living on house money. Well, just real quick uh, on that play, Brenton. It was fourth and fourteen. I cannot find it. And there was still thirteen minutes left in the fourth quarter. So it's not like the Panthers had to go for it. But I think that Rule felt that hey, if we punt here, the Chiefs are going to score. It's game over. Because at that point, it was twenty six seventeen. You're only down nine points. Uh, yeah. But the fact they went for it with on a fourth and fourteen from Kansas City's forty six yard line with thirteen minutes left was mind-blowing as it was. And then for Bridgewater to convert it with a 15-yard run made it even more insane. That's right. So they scored. It wasn't their next to last drive. It was the third to last or second to last drive. But that they scored a touchdown and Mahomes answered. Um, I, I think that, I mean, look, the Chiefs are the best team in football. They've been they've been in some dog fights. I don't think they're at their peak. But, I mean, I, I would, if I were, if I, if, if, if I had bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, I'd be feeling at least pretty good about it because I think that they are, Going to find their rhythm as the, you know, the second half, you know, second half of the season comes along and they'll be clicking by the time the playoffs get here. For the Panthers, I, I think you feel really good about Matt Rule. I was going to say, they, I think you said less four in a row, but they seem to be bonding with Matt Rule selling. Joe Brady seems to have some things working. That defense is young. We say it every week and they're, they're only going to get better. And, and I think they're in a, in a great spot. They're in a much better spot now than they were at the end of the season when they had to fire Ron Rivera. Because they weren't happy with the way Tepper wasn't happy with the way the, the direction of the program. You talk about the Chiefs, by the way. I said it mentioned it earlier. Patrick Mahomes, twenty-five touchdowns, one interception, and the Chiefs' offense isn't clicking yet. A month ago or three weeks ago, they rushed the ball forty-six times and that went over the Bills because the offense wasn't really working. Andy Reid never done that. The week after that, they won on special teams and defense. The week after that, last week, Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns against the Jets. No one knows what that means. And then this week, they they played another really good game offensively. Um, stops and starts because it was obviously very close. But again, the defense, the Chiefs defense has been really good this year. Defense doesn't, I mean, the defense, even good defenses aren't showing up week in and week out. And I think we should just come to expect that going forward. Yeah. And, I, and one thing I will say about Matt Rule is that I thought their game plan was almost perfect. The Chiefs are just a better team. I mean, that first, the opening drive for the Panthers was nine minutes long. Carolina had the ball for 38 minutes in this game. And if you're going to beat the Chiefs, keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field is the way to do it. Since the start of the 2019 season, teams were 19 and two when they had the ball for 38 or more minutes in a game that didn't go to overtime where you get that extra time of possession. So that's it. You know, like you keep the ball, you're almost certainly going to win unless you're playing Patrick Mahomes. What? 
Where'd you get that stat? That's a good stat. I pull stats out all the time. Fun fact, Brinson. Yeah, you got it from somebody on Twitter, but I don't know who it's from. I did not. All right. It was in, it was in grades. It was a special for grades. Oh, okay. That you found or that somebody else found? That I found. You believe him, Ryan? Yeah. If you said that, I wouldn't believe it. Stop the count. (laughs) (laughs) What's next? Steelers 24, Cowboys 19. Cowboys plus 14 covers, obviously, and the under 44 hits. Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster, your top fantasy performers. The Steelers are 8-0 and for the first time in franchise history. Uh, the last team to win the Super Bowl after starting 8-0 was the 2019 Saints. Ben Roethlisberger had a 63. 2009, 2009. 2009, excuse me. I was like doing the math. I was like, Wait, the Saints won it last year? <laughs> yeah. Did I say 2019? Yeah. Yeah, my bad. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster was good, but I don't know how, how are the, do you feel like the Steelers should be eight? No, no. I mean, they could have lost that Titans game. They could have lost last week to the Ravens. Um, the Ravens ran all over them. Lost to the Cowboys. Should have lost to the Cowboys, but here's the thing. Um, and I, re- you remember in 2017, I used to always rehash this story every week when the Steelers would lose a headline from 2017 after they lost in week three to the, to the Bears was Steelers continue to show ineptitude against inferior opponents under Tomlin and the sort of the, the takeaway was this paragraph. They've lost 15 times over seven seasons from 2009 to 20, uh, 2017 uh, against teams with a combined record of 25 and 89. That's 219 winning percentage. The Steelers were 66 and 46 uh, winning percentage of uh, 589 during that time. And they were favored. The Steelers were in every game. So this felt like one of those games where the Steelers don't show up against teams that are supposed to steamroll. But the takeaway is they, they found a way to win it. Typically, they would, find, they would lose that game by two touchdowns. And going into this game, people were saying, oh, the Steelers are going to score 20 points. They're going to beat them by 20. It's like, no, they're not. If they win by three, that'll be a miracle because they never show up for <laughs> these games. Afterwards, Tomlin even said, we, we got to quit getting our teeth kicked in in the first half. Um, and we got to play better. And, and that's the reality. Ben came out flat. He did the thing where he gets hurt and leaves. <laughs> like, no one's buying it. We know I gotta go to the locker room. Yeah, he had to go take take a number two. That's how he got out of that. <laughs> Mason Rudolph comes in. He's and like pointing his knee and limping every 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 throw. I mean, come on, dude. But yeah, they found a way to win. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried is what I call him, but uh, uh, Garrett Gilbert, I think his name is. He yep. played well. I mean, credit. Why was why wouldn't he in there for Ben Danucci before? I think he had just recently gotten there, so maybe he didn't know the offense as well. I think that's right. Yeah, that's great. Um, he played for the most recently the AAF. Uh, played in the AF for the Apollos. I'm from sure. my Orlando Apollos. Orlando Apollos. Yeah. So he Brian, was, well. was, was there any point in this game where you thought the Steelers were going to lose? Oh, yes. At halftime. I mean, it was 13 nothing, and the Steelers cut to the 13-9. And then in the second half, I think the, the first drive, the Cowboys had a pretty long drive, kicked a field goal. They but couldn't score a touchdown. We thought the Steelers were going to win. Yeah. Not even the very last play played out exactly like the Ravens team last week, except those two teams, the, the Ravens and the Dolphins, uh, the student Cowboys, are about uh, – 30 teams apart in terms of being good and bad. Um, it w- I wouldn't have been surprised. I didn't think they were going to win. They didn't deserve to win. Um, Megan Fitzpatrick, who was sort of people were worried about where he was the first few games of the season, he showed up the last two weeks big, bigly. Um, had an interception, had a pass break up in the end there. And they did it. I think one of the issues to, to sort of worry about, keep an eye on, is that Tyson Alu-Alu was out early last week. He's been amazing. You look at pro football focus, he's number two uh, interior defensive line behind Aaron Donald. 
He couldn't help stop the run, didn't play this week, and they were down to like their fourth defensive lineman. So maybe that helps when they get him back. I do think the Devin Bush thing is a problem. I, I think less a problem than Alu Alu. That's fine. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know the Steelers' defense is that good. Like they have good players. I'll tell you, I mean, it's, it's just the, every good defense we've talked about today, they're, they're a hole. So I don't, you won't get an argument for me on that. I think obviously Bud Dupree and TJ Watt are crazy, crazy good. Yeah. Kim Hayward sure. and Steph Tudor are crazy good. But again, they have their, these lapses usually in the secondary. Uh, guys are running wide open in that Cowboys game, which is unconscionable against a Mike McCarthy offense featuring, uh, Garrett Gilbert. Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. Uh, look, the Cowboys and the Cowboys covered the spread. For the first time all season, they did not set the NFL record for there most. There was no way they were losing that game by two touchdowns. I mean, they, they... that was bad. That was, no, I I picked the Steelers. That was stupid. The Cowboys were free money. Zeke played. He had a hamstring injury. Actually, didn't play terribly. Tony Pollard ran all over him. So there are concerns. And I tell you, who should be happiest about this game heading into next week? John Breach. I think it's going to be really close against the Bengals. Are you kidding me? No. Now the Steelers had a close loss. It's going to knock some sense to them. They're going to go in there and just clean the Bengals' clock. I don't know. Joe Burrow. I'm Reece just kidding. Pick, it's reverse psychology. Oh, okay. picked, he picked the Bengals to cover on our, on our YouTube halftime There you show. go. YouTube What's the spread? Exclusive. What's the opening? Nine and a half. That's too much. <laughs> yeah, we were like, it feels short, though. But, I mean, I, I agree. It's probably too much. Giants, 23. Washington, 20. I hope that nobody, I hope everybody watched as much of this game as I do, which was basically not much. The, uh, Washington football team had a chance to win late, although I guess technically this is involving two playoff contenders. The Giants plus three covered a push on the 43 total. Terry McLaurin had a late, uh, garbage time-ish TD. Maybe not garbage time. Great catch and run. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Yards. Um, uh, Kyle Allen got hurt. Alex Smith had to come in. Well, hold on. Stop now. The, you, you can't gloss over the Kyle Allen injury. It was reminiscent Correct. of watching it live of the Alex oh, Smith injury. Oh, Smith. Yeah, it was bad. Of the Dak Prescott injury. And the Dak Prescott injury. And thankfully, they didn't keep showing replays. But we've had a, like a rash of really, like, your foot's pointing the wrong way injuries this year, more so than recent years. So That's what Dave Damashek said on the uh, our Twitch show. He's like, is it because of the camera stuff or is it just because of – well, in the Georgia game yesterday against Florida, the, the tight end or wide receiver had the same thing happen to him. And they had to keep showing the replay because there was some question about whether he got over the line. So he had to see the replay like 50 times. Oh, yeah. Just give him the touchdown. We don't need to see this. But, yeah, so anyway, Alex Smith came in. Didn't play great, but it's always good to see Alex Smith out there. Um, dislocated ankle, but yeah. only a small fracture for – Oh, good. I guess that's good. Um, um, it, it, he's probably done for the year. But it's not as bad as it, as it, like, it looked like it was like, you know, life threatening Alex, Alex Smith. But, uh, by the way, the Giants, they've won 14 games since 2017, which is pathetic. Six of them are against Washington. Daniel Jones just beats them. They're six and two against Washington since 2017, eight and 41 against everybody else. That is wild. Daniel Jones, 21 starts in his career. He's 4-0 against Washington, 1-16 against everyone else. So only the, who's the only other team he's beaten? Like the Jets or something? That's bonkers. He beat the Giants in a scrimmage. Um, <laughs> also, this is the first time, I think, this season, maybe in his career, but I think this season for sure, Daniel Jones had more touchdowns and turnovers. That can't be right. This and, season, 100% sure. 
Prince, the only game, the only other game he won was that Buccaneers game last year that went no. totally bonkers <laughs> and the Buccaneers effort. kicker missed a field goal like at the last second. That's right. Um, Eric Casillas made a, a, a pretty funny joke that the, uh, the only teams that the Giants can dominate are teams without logos. So they go off on team, Washington football team. Like there's no logo, there's no sort of mascot, just like random. Football teams, they, they, they do well against. Didn't like that. So they should beat the Browns then in week 15? Yeah, there you go. Then we'll see if Prince is thinking about the they had Giants. A, they had a logo last year and you beat them. You know, is, is it crazy to think, and I don't want to like make Debo's ears bleed right now. You've already suggested in Slack. Giants 8-1 is an interesting proposition. Is it crazy to think they could? I mean, look, they had a two-point loss to the Buccaneers. It's a game they could have won. They should have beaten the Eagles a couple weeks ago if uh, Evan Ingram can hold on to that pass that Daniel Jones plays perfectly. They had a ridiculous 37-34 loss to the Cowboys where Andy Dalton miraculously came in and let a comeback, even though Andy Dalton never does that. They had a one-score loss to the Bears. They had a one-score loss to the Rams. Like, this team has been in almost every game they've played somehow. Like, maybe they're a little bit better than we think and you are but let me good to win the division let me ask you guys this who do you trust more carson wentz or daniel jones i I trust daniel jones to turn it over right that's the only thing i trust him to do and you can say the office line sinks and i get all that but carson wentz turns it over too he does but who do you trust more that's what i'm asking you i I mean that's like Debo. let's say that you have uh a thousand dollars to your name and that's it (laughs) and it's just for the hypothetical and you Get one wager on the NFC East. What are you betting on? It's a, a good question. There, there's value in the Giants. Trust me. Like that, that the, the Eagles are not good enough for, to be minus three twenty, and the Giants to be plus nine hundred. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Eagles as as the safe play, but I would not be shocked if in eight weeks the, the Giants are the division winners. I just don't know how it's going to happen. Eagles are minus three twenty. Washington plus six hundred. Dallas plus nine, nine to one, New York nine to one. Wait, what are the Giants? Nine to one. Nine to one? Why? See, are that they... blows my mind because if they, they play the Eagles in week 10, if they win that game, they're tied in the win column. Yeah. Why are they? That's insane. Well, that's what we're saying. There's good value there. I guess. And they're playing hard for Joe Judge. I just don't trust Daniel Jones. He's the team's leading rusher, I think. But I don't trust Carson Wentz. Defense is playing better. I'll give him that, but defense tries hard. They have the Eagles in week 10, as Breach points out. They're by then Bengals, Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, Cowboys. That's pretty tough. Sounds tougher when you put it all together. B- big Bengals, week for Philly. Eagles and Cowboys. Eagles coming strong off the bye. It's, it's going to be a whole different team after the bye week. I fu- fully Wait, believe big that. Big week for Philly. Doug Peterson off the bye. Doug. Oh, that's right. And, and real quick with Philly, uh, besides their non-divisional game, you have their divisional games after the bye. They have one against the Cowboys, Washington, and the Giants. And then their five other games are all against teams that are five and three or better. Okay. That's Philly's so schedule. Just... Philly's schedule, yeah. So divisional games and then five games against teams that are all five and three or better. That's not easy. Yeah, but you just talked about the Giants' schedule. I, you guys are crazy. You that was the Eagles' schedule right there. I know. Giants, we just previously talked the about Giants the Giants needed to get one of those games against the Cowboys or Eagles. Again, you guys ain't talking me to Daniel Jones, so I'm out. All right. Debo, cut that. I need to know that he's out. You can't get back on the Daniel Jones bandwagon. This is a one-time offer, Wilson. Fair enough. Lock me We're out. leaving Don't the me. station. Right, podcast listener Alexander Ward, who's great about clipping old claims by members of this podcast. <laughs> he wanted to say, 
you can play this for Wilson. It was like, I was like, are the Buccaneers the best team in the, and you go, yes. And yes. Next question or something like I think that. It was last week too. Oh yeah. yeah it, was, it was last week's recap. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. So go bet on Daniel Jones to win the division. That's what we're saying. Okay. You're wrong. Titans 24 bears 17. The Titans covered as a minus six favorite, the under 46 and a half hit. Nick Foles, your top fantasy performer somehow, even though the Bears, I am very confident, didn't have a first down in the first half. Uh, Ryan Tano, 18 fantasy points. AJ Brown, 16 fantasy points. Um, his, had his seventh career touchdown of at least 40 yards. He's a big play machine waiting to happen. Desmond King starting his first game for the Titans after being traded to, from the Chargers had a 63 yard fumble return touchdown. And, uh, Nick Foles did some stuff. This game wasn't as close as the score suggests. No, it was not. And it makes me wonder. I mean, Mitch Trubisky didn't play because of the one play he played last week, he hurt his shoulder. So I'm not laughing at his injury, just laughing that that seems to be Mitch Trubisky's fate. So he wasn't available, but I mean, you have to again have the conversation. Should Mr. Trubisky be coming back in there? I'm at the point if you're Matt Nagy, you try everything and you try it all the time. And I'm sort of surprised we saw. Josh McCown go from the Eagles practice squad to sign a multi-year deal with the Texans. Is that what you signed it with the Texans? I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why did some other team didn't pick him up? I mean, there are plenty of teams that could use Josh McCown, even though he's 41 and a backup. He, he can sort of get things done a little bit, but maybe he's not better than Nick Foles. Fair enough. But I, Matt Nagy must beat his wits in. I mean, this, look, I, I'm not going to take a victory lap on the Bears, like again. You're dying okay. to, Brenton. Just admit it. Once you apologize to them, things started going in your direction. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Denny Green, Denny Green said was right. The Bears are fraudulent. They're five and four now. Their season's slipping but, away. But here's the thing is that the Bears defense couldn't have played any better in this game. They that's held the Titans. That's how bad their offense is. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is a referendum on Nagy, on Foles. You got to make a decision now. I, I agree with you guys. Put Trubisky in because look, you hold, you held Derrick Henry under 75 yards. Derrick Henry was leading the NFL in rushing going in to week nine. You held Ryan Tannehill to 158 passing yards, of which 101 of them went to A.J. Brown. So literally the only person who could get open was A.J. Brown. You only let the Titans score 17 points, and obviously the, the, the seven uh, that the defense scored. So the Bears' defense – I would just quit the team if I played on the Bears defense. That's how frustrated I would be right now. The Titans were the 16th team to get 230 yards or less in a game this season, and teams are 4-12. and 12. So, obviously, you don't win a lot when you get 230 yards or less. The Steelers did it against the Ravens, as I'm sure you remember, Ryan. The Eagles did it Ooh. against the Cowboys, as I'm sure Debo remembers. And then the Dolphins did it against the Rams into his first start. So it's just these crazy games, and this was one of them. Yeah, the Bears had 375 yards and 22 first downs, held the ball for 34 minutes, uh, and had 17 points. The Titans had 228 yards, 11 first downs, and held the ball for 26 minutes and had 24 points. And that it really, it, it belies, like the Bears had 17 points, but I mean, they were never in this. And game. no point did it seem like, right. Yeah. I don't, so I have was, no idea. At halftime, it was 10 nothing. And at, uh, at the end of the third quarter, it was 17 nothing, And, I mean, the Bears had done zilch. Doo-doo. At 10 nothing, I knew it was over. Yeah. Here's what the Bears game. have coming up. Vikings at home on Monday night. 
Packers on the road, Lions at home, Texans at home, Vikings at home, Vikings on the road, excuse me. Um, Jaguars on the road and Packers at home. I mean, we're getting to eight wins. It's a question of can they get to nine? Yeah. I mean, Brinson, you kind of touched on it on the podcast that the, the Vikings have struggled against the Bears. I think the Bears have won four straight against the Vikings. So just kind of handing that game to Minnesota isn't, you know, I think a lot of people are going to assume because Minnesota's on a roll and then Chicago's kind of in a free fall that there's no way the Bears are going to win that game. Well, I think at worst they're going to split with Minnesota just because their defense has been so dominant. They make, they make Kirk Cousins see ghosts. You beat Jacksonville and Houston, all of a sudden, you know, you have a path, nine wins. And then what? You get to the playoffs, you get a worth draft spot, and you get blown out by 50 points in the playoffs. You do one more after that. You split with Minnesota. Are we assuming a sweep against Green Bay? <laughs> no. Beat the Jaguars. You got to beat the Vikings I, once. No, you beat the Lions. You beat the Vikings once. You beat Houston, Jacksonville, and Detroit. And then you can get swept by Green Bay, and you still get the nine. Boom, roasted. This team has no business with five wins. No. All right. Let's they should, they could have lost to the Giants in week two. They should have lost to the Lions in week one. They <laughs> definitely should have lost to the Falcons in week three. Um, they, they, they played well against the Bucks. I'll give them that. But and then not. you walk out and you play the Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs and you, and you get that win. Oh, that would be a disaster for Tom Brady. All right. Minnesota and Detroit played. There's no one. Hotter on the planet right now than my man, Dalvin Cook. Of course, he's going to lead the league in rushing this year after I didn't bet him uh, when I did last year. He was explosive again. 22 carries for 206 yards and a 34-20 win by the Vikings over the Lions. Uh, He's the second running back since the merger to have 225-plus scrimmage yards and two rushing touchdowns in consecutive games joining. Do you know who? AP. No, it's actually you'll never get it. I'll give you ten guesses. What what five year time frame? Uh two thousand to two thousand five. Corey Dillon. Huh? This is a good guess. I don't think it's Corey Dillon though. Who is it? Deuce McAllister. Oh dang it. Yeah, In I never two thousand three. It's the first two hundred yard rush game of his career. He scored a rush touchdown in every single game this season, seven straight games, which matches Emmett Smith's record to start the season from nineteen ninety four. Twelve rush touchdowns, twelve rushing touchdowns in his first seven seasons, seven games this season, <laughs> most by a player in his first seven games since Sean, Sean Alexander's MVP season of two thousand five. And I don't know what else to say. He's just amazing. Got to keep him healthy. That's the that the answer because Kirk Cousins turns into Kirby when there's no running game. Last week he had 11 attempts, uh, 11 completions, like 11 to 14 or something. This week he was 13 to 20, three touchdowns, no uh, interceptions, and that's the Kirk Cousins you want. Kirk Cousins is not a franchise quarterback, even though he makes a ton of money. Although now he's probably ranked 12th or something in the quarterback list, but that's what you need. And if you don't have it, that's a wrap. The defense is young. We've talked about the the pass rush being an issue in the secondary or whatever. But if you have Kirk Cousins relying on Dalvin Cook to do 95% of the offensive work, he can turn out okay. So that's the strategy. Well, the good news for the Vikings is they get the Bears this week on Monday Night Football. Then they have – I know the answer. I'm just going to – sorry, I haven't looked at the – I don't know if that's good news for them. because The Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, Jacksonville, and Carolina in some order right after that. So like, yeah. this is a team that can – they can beat the Bears. I mean, I know they're struggling against them, but they can beat well, the Bears. Here's the thing. If Chicago, no matter how inept their offense is, shuts down Dalvin Cook, the game's going to be 6-3. to three. It's 
problem, right? But and they after have, that Bears game, th- th- three straight games at home in Minnesota. They're going to win all three of those games, and Dalvin's going to go absolutely ape. Yeah, I'm telling you, you got to be careful, though. He can't run for 40,000 yards in the next month and expect him to be, you know. I think you're trying to get back in the hunt. But then you lose him, and then you're back where you started. Is Matt Patricia going to get fired? I only showed up on the podcast today here. Ryan answered that question. So, Ryan, please take well, the table is yours. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 9-7 back-to-back years, David, blah, 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 Jim Caldwell. What, what's going on? This team is getting worse every single year. Yeah, we were fooled for a few weeks. And getting worse to- every single week. Matthew Stafford had to come out. They, I think they had a head injury. I don't know if it was diagnosed as a concussion or not. Chase, Chase Daniel came in. Actually, uh, Stafford got hit, and then the spotter uh, buzzed down, and they had to bring him off. Yeah, so Chase Daniel played. He threw a terrible interception. So I guess you can make the excuse that we were their backup quarterback, but again, no one cares. Like the Cowboys don't care that you had to go to quarterback number two. They started quarterback number four today and almost won a football game. The team is worse. There's no two ways about it. Bob Quinn wanted Matt Patricia because Bob Quinn got there first, the GM. He got Matt Patricia and it has gone sideways. So Matt Patricia might be a great coach. Somehow, some way it's not working. I don't know how you magically fix it. And most coaches would not have been given this much um, leeway. I agree with that. I think, think Matt yeah, Patricia is still the head coach heading into week 16. Uh, yeah, I think there's wait till the end of the season, personally. Yeah, that's five. the thing. I mean, th- there's no sort of benefit, I guess. I mean, the same record as the Vikings is just going in a totally opposite direction. All right, but they're three and five. What if they lose to Washington? That's their next game. And there's some conversations to be had. That's right, because you're playing Alex Smith, who hasn't played a lot of football in two years, obviously. Or Dwayne Haskins, even, because he'll now be the backup. Dwayne Haskins can't get away from that, so. If you lose to that team, you're in trouble. The trouble now. Las Vegas Raiders survived a crazy last second, uh, bid by Justin Herbert, the Los Angeles Chargers to win this game. The Raiders minus one covers the over 52 and a half hits. Herbert had 21 fantasy points. Keenan Allen, 16 fantasy points. Uh, maybe the question every week is, well, how did the Chargers lose, lose this one? Well, it turns out on a, uh, last second play, Herbert hits. His receiver, Donald Parham. What's that? Donald, Donald Parham. It's ruled a touchdown. And they're, they're like, all right, they're going to look at it. Chargers are celebrating, going nuts. Ravens are, I mean, uh, Raiders are despondent. And it's like five or six replays. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. That ball is on the ground. How did it take us that long to realize that's just not a catch at all? And it was overruled and the Chargers were dead. Part of the reason that we were fooled is because Parham got up and celebrated. And afterwards, I was thinking he must have just done that because why not? Why act like you didn't catch it? Go crazy, celebrate, throw the ball in the stands or whatever you do. Uh, also, before you go on the play before that, Justin Herbert made a fantastic throw in the back of the end zone that Mike Williams almost caught. He had in his yeah. hands, came down, got hurt, and the ball was jarred loose. So there are two opportunities, two great throws by Justin Herbert, zero points. Another L. Well, two great throws by Justin Herbert, but also two great defensive plays by Isaiah Johnson. He did just enough on both plays to kind of break things up because he had his arm in on the Mike Williams thing and Williams just couldn't control it going to the ground. And then the same thing happened on the final play to Parham. And and really, Ryan, I agree. Like you do celebrate, you get up because you don't know what the ref's angle is. The ref's behind you. He can't see what's going on. And as they were showing replays, like as this was happening live, it was like, 
Oh, well, that replay, it looks like he caught it. Oh, well, that one, it looks like he caught it. And they literally showed five replays where it's like <laughs> it's a touchdown. Chargers win. And then finally, they sneak in this sixth replay. Literally, there's one angle from like across the field where they zoomed in and you see the ball like bounce and hit the ground. And you're like, well, what if that camera like rolling around on the ground? I was like, that's not even close to a catch. Yeah, it's, it's so obvious, but it was literally only one out of six camera angles showed the ball on the ground. Otherwise, the Chargers get away with the win. So they lost because, uh, we brought one extra camera to the game today. That's right. Hey, uh, can I catch a break? That was, it's incredible. Justin Herbert's fourth career 300 yard passing game, two more than all of the rookies in Chargers history combined. I don't want to hear any Philip Rivers stuff breaches there. <laughs> it's his third career game with multiple touchdown passes and zero interceptions. That is right. Oh, he's so good. It's so crazy. He's just good. Eric Casillas asked me today, who, who does Trevor Lawrence remind you of? And I said, how Justin Herbert's playing now. If that's because they're same size, same speed, Armstrong, blah, blah. If he plays like that next year, Trevor Lawrence does for the Jets or whomever, that is a home run. Justin Herbert is playing so well right now. Uh, Herbert would be, would Herbert go first or second if you redrafted? And this, oh, that's a great question. I, I talk about it every week. I know Breach would still take Joe Burrow, who I love. I think I'm, I think I'm leaning towards Justin Herbert. Oh boy, what a turn for you. Right. Brian is I mean, ridiculous. He has dunked all over me each and every week more than, well, who's been dunking on Brenton? Uh, not, not the Bears. The Bears have sort of started dunking on themselves. Steelers. I guess they keep, they keep winning by the skin of their teeth. Oh. Our first dunk. We're an hour in. We just, I know, I know, I don't know what's happening. Joe Burrow beat the Tennessee Titans, Ryan. What's, what's, stop it. It's not what's Joe Justin Burrow. Herbert's best win? You're on a bye. No Bengals talk. Any are we, uh, are you willing to concede, speaking of apologizing, Brenton, that Derek Carr's doing okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you being sarcastic? No, Derek Carr's oh. playing great. <laughs> he throws the ball down the field. He looks good. He's playing the best football of his career. John Gruden's awesome. You say it every week. John Gruden does a good job. He's a great coach. I was dead wrong about Gruden and I'm looking wrong about Carr, but I don't, I still don't think they're going to keep him around forever. No, but they're, they're winning games that many of us thought they wouldn't. They're five and three. They're, is, they're going to the playoffs. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> They're going to replace my pick of the Broncos going to playoffs, which is the dumbest thing I've, I've done in quite some time. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the Ra- I, I thought the Raiders were the better team in this game. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't and, really and the Raiders that. screwed up too. They had a Derek Carr fumbled right before the half, and it got the Chargers a field goal to go up seventeen right. fourteen. And then the Raiders' defense sort of took care of business, and you knew the Chargers would get back into it. Justin Herbert threw a fantastic touchdown pass. He got jacked up, had to come out for the two-point conversion. Tyrod came in and wasn't able to convert it. But that touchdown pass, again, things you never saw from him in college, at least consistently. The neighbors? The neighbors, not Jim Neighbors. You know Jim Neighbors is Breach? Maybe. He's on the Andy Griffith Show. Oh, yeah, I know the Andy Griffith Show. He was, what was his name on the Andy Griffith Show? Not Cooter, that's from Dokes of Hazard. All right, moving along. Why can't we turn this into an Andrew Griffith Show podcast? I don't know, I don't know who it is. I can't remember his name. He worked at the gas station. All right, go ahead. What's next? Um, nice. Next. Texans Jaguars. Ugh. Exactly. That's the. Right oh, one. this one hurt. <laughs> I had the Texans minus six and a half. Jake Luton. Jake Luton storms in the back door, which you know, everyone saw coming. Uh, the Jaguars plus six and a half cover. <laughs> I saw. I knew it was coming when they. Blue Sanity off. took over Jacksonville. Blue Sanity. Dunk over <laughs> Um, the over 49 hit Deshaun Watson, top face performer, 28 points. Jake Luke, 23. DJ Tart, 20. JJ Watt could be traded apparently. 
And um, you hear his remarks. Uh, he said, "I'm not here for a rebuild. I'm here to contend." So whatever happens, happens basically. So yeah, I think he's send him to the Steelers for a fourth round pick. We're in. He's he's obviously going to the Steelers. Hey, I mean, he's got a, he's got to beat a discount. Well, to, yeah, but to play with JJ and or to play with Derek and TJ, okay, that's a dream come true. I guess. Uh, Luton had a 73 yard touchdown pass to DJ Chark. It was his first career completion. That was pretty awesome. It was the first touchdown of the week too was of, awesome. of Sunday's action. Uh, that's when you knew it was going to be like a nuts day when like Jake Luton throws a bomb to DJ Chark to open it up. It was the longest play for a player's first career completion since David Blau had a 75 yard touchdown pass to the Lions on Thanksgiving last year. He's the first player since at least 1950 to have 300 pass yards, 25 completions and a, and a rush touchdown in his first career start. Prisco has been saying for weeks that they like this kid. His rush touchdown was amazing. He did a little spin move like the three yard line to get in and avoided a big hit. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we hear all the time they love, quote, unquote, this team loves this kid, but he he balled out. He actually outplayed Gilbert Godfrey in, in Dallas, and, and he played pretty well too. Is he the best quarterback from the state of Oregon that was in the 2020 draft, Ryan? Yes, he's much better than Justin Herbert. He should have been the first overall pick. Uh, Brenton mentioned that it was the second longest or the longest since last Thanksgiving, first completion for a touchdown. Here's your guys' trivia for the podcast since – the merger in 1970, which quarterback has the longest first completion of his career touchdown pass? Andy Dalton. Incorrect. Uh, Cam Newton. Uh, that is also incorrect. I will give you. Know you... Else is incorrect? The fact that Jake Luton is actually from Washington. <laughs> he went to college at Oregon State. You said from. Oh, Duncan. From Oregon. From Oregon. He from, went to school in Oregon. Same thing. What, uh. Ryan knew what I meant. What? Yeah. The senior, the junior draft analyst name. What's the, what's the, uh, answer breach? Cause you're not giving us any hints. Oh uh, yeah. The hint is happened in 1991. 91. Uh, David Klingler. Second hint is that Ryan might have watched it on live television. Well, I mean, that doesn't give me, uh, how's that not? That's a hint. Kelly? Who? Uh, Which team would you be watching? Wait, well, I don't know what the question is anymore. <laughs> You had the second longest. Who is it? I don't know. You mentioned the stat that he had a 73-yard touchdown pass on his first career completion. Who has the longest first career completion for a touchdown since Bobby the merger? Brister? No. I'm going to guess Neil O'Donnell. Boom. Debo uh, wins the bonus points. You guys have to Venmo him money for that one you know, uh, yeah. for saving you. I guessed the Steelers. What did I nailed it. Kelly, what am I talking about? Jim Kelly, what are you, what are you drafting like 84? What am I doing? 89 yard touchdown in 1991 against the Chargers. Great stat. Um, thanks for sidetracking this Jacksonville Jaguars talk. Jaguars. I tried. Will Fuller broke uh, DeAndre Hopkins' record for most career, most consecutive yeah. receiving touchdowns. You know what's great about that? As I thought about him running all up and down, you know where this is going. Hey, Breach, do you think that the uh, Packers could use Will Fuller? I was actually thinking that this whole entire game, he could, what do you have, like a 50-something yard or a 77-yard? They couldn't stop him. I mean, I don't know if that's what Devontae Adams or, or Aaron Jones or Aaron, Aaron Rodgers want. I mean, they, he's okay. They got Aaron Rodgers was on a bye this week. Do you think he was sitting at home, like, watching highlights of this game, just throwing things at his TV yes. and sending mean text messages to the Packers general manager? Yeah. He's doing, like, what, what, that good in this game? He's doing like Brinson does. He pauses the show, rewinds it, takes a picture with his phone, and then <laughs> hate sends it to Ted Thompson and and uh, Matt Lafleur. 
It's Brian Gutekunst. Ted Thompson. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Ted. Yes. Um, James Robinson, 25 carries, 99 yards. David Johnson was knocked out with a concussion. Deshaun Watson. Man, Deshaun Watson's having a terrible year. Yeah, he doesn't have to work with. No, he doesn't. The Texans are awful. Two and six now. And they're giving away a top 10 pick minimum to the Dolphins. That's the, that's the worst part to the Dolphins who are Dolphins will be the favorites to win the division next year. Probably. All right. We're almost home here. Falcons 34, Broncos 27. This game wasn't this close either. The Broncos put up a crazy rally in the fourth quarter to come back. Uh, Falcons minus four and a half hits the over 50. True lock top fantasy performer, 32 points. Matt Ryan 28, Jerry Judy 18. Lock, by the way. Uh, I think when the Millie maker, do we what think he's, uh, is he the answer in, in, uh, Denver? No, he is <laughs> not. He has not played well this year. I know he racked up the fantasy points there towards the end. He, he had the worst interception of the week. I take that back. It wasn't, uh, Tom Brady. He had a terrible, terrible interception and he makes not great decisions. I know he's a second year quarterback and I get all that, but he needs to play better. I picked this team to win, go to the playoffs. Crying out, yeah, that was Jerry good. Judy's good though. He is good. No offense, good. The offensive line suspect. I, I get that. Corlin Sutton's out. I understand that. Von Miller's out. I, yeah, yeah, I know. But Drew Locke's second round pick. And if you're playing like this and the, the, the Broncos have a top 10 pick, your job might be in trouble. That's just all I'm saying. Yeah. I think you're, I don't think he's guaranteed to keep his job. Can you name the Falcons leading receiver? You can look at it. I just wonder if you can pronounce his name. Oh, uh, he's, uh, do you know what college you went to? Yeah, UVA, come on. I think it's Wake Forest. <laughs> UVA or Wake Forest? UVA. Okay. Draft free agent. It's Olanite. Oh, you got the hard part. Yeah. You can uh, read the last name. Oh, all right. Well, then let me go to the, the game. I don't really need to do this, do I? Breach, you know who it was? Breach didn't have a clue. Uh, yeah, it was that one guy who was the impossible to pronounce name. Yeah. That you just wanted me to say it because I butchered. Well, Honey Badger's name, and you're like, I wonder how Breach will pronounce. Oh, it's Olamide Zacchaeus. Yeah, it's funny you can say those names, but you can't say regular stuff. <laughs> Seal. He had a 51 yard touchdown catch. Yeah, yeah. He's he's. This, you know what though? This was a classic. The Falcons almost blew a 27 yep. to what seven lead, like yeah. 27 to six lead. That was insane. They, they, they're they're a mess. They were up 27 to six. And like the Broncos had the ball with a chance to tie. Yep. I mean, it's just get out of here. Yeah, neither of these teams are very good. Falcons now three and six. But Broncos. three and one with Raheem Morris. Can they win more games? They can. Morris steal the job? No, can they get the they... nine wins? No, stop. Yeah. Get six and one down the stretch? Yeah, they can do that. Maybe they, they still have to seven. play the Saints twice and the Buccaneers twice. I think they'll sweep both those teams. So they'll, they'll probably go seven and <laughs> zero. I mean, what are we talking about? It's one thirty in the morning. You're talking about can they go six? You ought, I mean, get out. Go of back here. there, a breach. Turn around and get that water bottle off your desk and hit yourself in the head with it for if you even suggesting that. All right, let's go to winners and losers. Give me a winner, breach. Oof, my winner is a team that didn't even play this week. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you know who lost the Seahawks? You know who lost the Cardinals? You know who lost the Forty Niners? The Rams got to sit at home and move an inch closer to first place, and then now they can take over first place themselves if they can beat the Seahawks in Week 10. So the Los Angeles Rams, who did not play, my winner. My winner, the Miami Dolphins. Brian Flores has got that team 
working. Defense is coming together. Signed all those Patriots in the offseason that the Patriots could actually use those players. Uh, the defense is playing well. He went to Tua a few weeks ago. Everyone was sort of wondering about that because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was coming off arguably his best stretch in a long time, completing seven of his passes. Tua looked great in this game after a rocky start in his, his first outing last week. Uh, and um, they're poised to make a run to the old Bills there. We'll see what happens. The Bills are playing well, clearly. But I, I think the, the Dolphins have a lot of confidence on both sides of the ball, and, and Tua, I think, is only going to get better. I'll say my winner is Josh Allen because I think – you go from the way he started off the season to then those two games where he slid back and uh, they lost. And then all of a sudden you beat the Patriots and the Seahawks. You feel like you've taken over the division and you're at a good spot. You're very comfortable if you're a Bills fan. You know you got to deal with whatever playoff matchup you get. But Allen bouncing back uh, this week in terms of his personal performance after struggling so hard the last few weeks, I think it's a huge win for him. How about a loser breach? Uh, my loser, you're going to love this, Brenton, because – I'm not sure if you like these people, but my loser is Bears fans. Bears fans, uh, cause number one, they got sucked into the hope of the 2020 season. We heard them talking a lot on Twitter to Brinson for like six straight weeks when the Bears jumped out to that five and one lead. I'm guessing Brinson's Twitter feed has gotten a slightly quieter because they're not Very talking quiet. as much. And also they're losers cause they have to sit and watch that Bears offense every week. That's torture. So. Bears fans are my losers. I was going to go to the Bears too. Um, and my backup was the, the Lions, but I'm not going to go with the Lions because we know they're losers. Um, that, that's <laughs> not going to change. I'm going to go with the Colts. The Colts had a chance the first half to, to sort of wrangle up the Ravens and win that thing. The, the, obviously things went in the wrong direction with that controversial interception. Apparently controversial. No one knew that, but, but you too. And now they're game behind the Titans and the Titans are the favorites to win the division. And so there's an uphill climb on a game they should have won against a very tough opponent. And they didn't do it. So I'm going to go with the Colts. I was going to go with Al Riveron as my loser. But you he won. won. He got to drink the pina colada. The loser was with Wilson in a hot tub. Who knows what is <laughs> happening with this game? Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Al. Uh, instead, I'll go with Tom Brady. Yeah. Oof. I mean, it probably wasn't the worst game of his career, but it sure felt that way on Sunday night. And to get blasted at home by your division rival who you know that yeah, you Drew Brees, you know you're going to have to go through them when it comes down to the, the NFC South and the NFC playoffs and all of that. And now you sort of feel like, man, there's a real leg up. Like Tampa Bay has Green Bay covered, but then like this New Orleans have Tampa Bay covered. There's all these different transitive property layers to it. And I, I just think that, I mean, what a statement by the Saints to, to, to remind the Buccaneers that this division wasn't just theirs for the taking. Yeah, I think it's a bad matchup for the Bucks. We talked about it earlier, and I don't know how you fix it. Maybe right. Okay, that's the show. I'm literally about to fall asleep. You have that effect. I, my eyes, I don't know if you can see this on the YouTube channel. My eyes keep closing. You tell you need to do what I do when my wife's talking to me. I paint eyelids, <laughs> eyeballs on my eyelids. Just go take a nap. I wear the glasses with the eyes that like pop out with slinkies. <laughs> my wife loves that. I'm sure your your eight month old loves to be frightened. <laughs> the nice thing is like you, my eyes are always like fairly like uh, big, yeah, open. Are they usually? Yeah. No, I'm saying like like they're always like like whenever I like like in pictures you can always see my eyes are like very like closed. Oh, one day Brenton will fall asleep at the end of this Sunday night podcast, but this kind of was not the day. All right, well. All right, see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 